0: to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McCray. Leland, we went to the Riverheads Wilson game this week and um I I don't know what it is with Wilson. It just feels like every time we're there and it's kind of like the big game, it's Wilson, one of Wilson's worst games of the year. And I, I yeah. this is not I'm not saying this is a Ryan Bird thing. I know we've been at two now. This is a since I've been here thing. Uh, so the past eight years, I guess, or I don't know, six or seven, how many, yeah, many I've spent at the There
1: wasn't that but, many big games happening over there. Yeah.
0: Right. But it feels like every time Wilson is like, okay, is Wilson going to challenge? Is Wilson going to be competitive, you know, for the top of the Shenandoah district, this kind of game happens. And, and by that, I mean, just tons of turnovers, tons of turnovers, the ball hitting the ground, even when they get it back, it's, it kills the drive and, I don't know what it is up there. Um, Maybe it's a – I talked about it going into the game on the radio. I talked about it on here um, last week. I I, I do wonder at this point if it's a mental thing there of like, hey, guys, this is a big game. We need to be super ready. This isn't like every other game. This is, you know, this is a bigger game. And that gets in the head maybe because it just seems like the ball seems to hit the turf a lot more. And unlike some other times even where it's like, oh, you know – solid hit, you know, helmet on the ball or, you know, didn't quite secure the ball great and the ball yeah. gets punched out. This time it was just dropping handoffs. It was as simple as snapping the ball over the head. It was rolling snaps to the feet. I mean, it was just everything that could have gone wrong for Wilson in that game did.
1: Yeah, those those unforced errors really do hurt them. And, I mean, yeah, we, we harped on eight fumbles in the game. They only gave two of those away. Six times they fell back on it. But two of the who's were a fumble over to Riverheads in the first quarter and a fumble in the end zone where Riverheads recovers it for a safety or tackles them for a safety. Yeah. Um, they pick it up and go for safety. So like it immediately produces points. It's early. It's almost on a punt. Yeah. Immediately in the game, um, it's 16, nothing. And it's just, you, you can't recover from that. And it's, it's drive killers. Those other six plays, you know, where you're just, you're, you're going backwards. So, I, yeah, it's it's surprising. I, I'm, a, I'm a bit disappointed, honestly. I, I, wanted River, I wanted Riverhead to see a little more of a challenge out of Wilson, um, for, for Wilson's sake, for everybody's sake. But I wanted Wilson to kind of knock on the door and say we're here. I think I set that up on Friday of, hey, they, they don't have to win this game to prove they're the second-best team in the district. If they win this game, they'd prove more than that. But, you know, play Riverheads tough and, and challenge them. I mean, Fort Defiance challenged Riverheads more than that two weeks ago. And uh, I think Riverheads was a little more crisp on their end. I think they were a little more willing to, you know, attack the playbook. You know, they, they we saw more passing out of them. They threw the ball on first down three times, one in each of the first three quarters. And the first one was a touchdown in the first quarter. The second one in the second quarter was a 32-yard first down. And in the third quarter was an 18-yard first down. They were really successful throwing that ball on first down. I think something they need to – be self-aware of going into this next game and further games that there is more options for them on first down. Now they do that when they're confident that they can rush the ball for five yards to carry otherwise, which they pretty much did in this game. I, I wonder in this next game against Christiansburg or other tough games this year, um, if they'll have that confidence, but they had it this week. And so, you know, they they were able to just kind of do whatever they want in this game and just really flex on Wilson and, I think increase the confidence of everybody of what Riverheads is doing and sets up, you know, more optimism about you know what's going on going forward. Now, it is a guarantee anything? No, and every week's different, and it's matchups, and you know, I, I do think some of this was self-inflicted on Wilson, but I, I do think the general mood around Riverheads is is increasing, and, and that's not uncommon. I mean, they grow through every season, so uh, you know, I think they're just kind of getting back to where they're going to dominate the Shenandoah district. Like we kind of expect them to. And uh, this was one of those first examples of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, we'll see when, when the draft game comes along, cause it gives draft more time to, I guess, get better as the season goes on. And that's been their main competitor. And yeah. we'll talk about draft here in a second about this week, but um, yeah, it, it to me, it, it was a big step back for Wilson. I went from thinking Wilson's maybe the second best team in the district to, Wilson might be the fourth best team in the district, um, and that's not a good thing. Um, and, and honestly, that might be the fifth best team no. in the district because if we're being, if we're gonna and get and really serious, that that puts them on the fringe of the three C playoffs. That, that means you're definitely going to Lynchburg right. in, in the early rounds to play LCA, who beat the Bejesus out of Heritage this week, and I I don't like that for Wilson. I I don't like that, um, and uh, yeah. So to me, I I think this kind of Instead of taking that step forward, it's it's almost a step back for me. Because not only did you lose the game, it's the way you lost the game. I, I don't want to take anything away from Riverheads. Riverheads did take advantage of the mistakes. Riverheads did a lot of things well. The passing game was there, which we kind of wanted to see. I think they're going to need that this week huh. against Christiansburg.
1: I guess, yeah. One comment I, I saw or heard from somebody... Um talking about our radio coverage and saying how, well, Riverheads, you know, none of the backs had a hundred yards. Well, when you start on the good side of the 50 every time it's, it's hard to rack up a hundred yard ball carriers. Yeah. I and mean, they, they spread it around. They had plenty of guys. They had over, they had almost the 300
0: yards of rushing too. So they spread it around. Yeah, it's like,
1: they just started on the Wilson 40 every time. So, yeah.
0: Um, to me, it was, it, it was you lost and it wasn't like, Oh, Riverheads made you lose. It was, you made yourself lose by, uh, honestly, Riverheads didn't have to do anything right in that game. They still would have won the game. Like Riverheads could have gone out there and literally punted every first down and they still would have won the game. Like, so to me,
1: Wilson Wilson would have just fumbled it more. (laughs) Like,
0: that's the thing. Like they had eight fumbles because that's how many times they had the ball. I feel like, like if if we give them more possessions, they're going to fumble more. And, And Riverheads maybe jumps on one. And it's probably in the end zone at some point. So I just, yeah, to me, it was a problem. I didn't, I didn't like what I saw out of Wilson in this ball game. And the TA game, I was like, oh, okay. You know, there were some of those mistakes, but also TA was just better than them. And TA did a lot of things really and it's well. still
1: real early in the season. Let's see how they get better. And yeah. yeah. They didn't show progress.
0: And this was not progress. This was not Riverheads. Huh. I didn't want, I didn't walk away from this game saying, wow. Riverheads was super dominant in this game. I walked away from this game saying, wow. Wilson literally shot themselves in the foot twice. And then while trying to seek medical attention with a cell phone, blew their hand off while they were trying to dial 911. Like, I I just, I don't understand how that game went so south so quickly.
1: I I did appreciate what Riverheads was able to do against a a Wilson defense that came in pretty well. And, and, and the fact that they did use their passing game and that made me more confident in, in that ability for them. So, I mean, those are positives I took away from Riverheads, but I'm not going to strongly disagree with you when the ball is hitting the ground eight times. I mean, it's just that Riverheads wasn't putting the head on the ball eight times. Like you started I, this conversation. with. So, I, I would I have to you. go
0: back and I guess, see each fumble. I, I can't think of one that Riverheads forced. Maybe one they did. But a lot of those are handoffs in the backfield where the ball just hits the ground. There was one where they do the fake handoff to the back. The back's already at the line of scrimmage, and then the quarterback just drops the ball. And I was like, I don't... If I'm the coach, that's where I lose my hair because I I don't know how to fix that. (laughs) Like, just dropping the ball, I'm like, guys, come on. But, yeah, it was was, uh, a frustrating watch if you were a Wilson fan. Um, and yeah. as a radio broadcaster, you know, we want the games to be close, especially when it's two of our teams. Now, yeah. if it's one of our teams playing another team, you know, we'll watch them blow the other team out all the time. But, um, <laughs> it's frustrating when you're watching two local schools go at it and it's just, it's not the game you thought you were yeah. going to
1: get. And so that does set up and you, you alluded to the Christiansburg game this week, which is, is going to be a tough matchup for Riverheads. I, I mean, I think so too in a year. Yeah. I think it's tough. It's region 3d team that's coming off a of state. Uh, semi-final appearance, they have a lot of talent on that team. They got this Tanner Evans kid at quarterback who uh, last week ran for 279 yards and four touchdowns against Pulaski County, not some pushover program. Right. Uh, he's also did a similar stat line against Cape Spring a couple weeks ago where he had five touchdowns. Uh, he was, he's returning Offensive Player of the Year, and he's going to play baseball at the next level at the University of Charleston is where he's committed. They also have some monster College linemen in College, of, uh, it's it said University of Charleston in what I read. So I maybe they I, changed their name. Um,
0: maybe they changed their name.
1: Yeah, um, they have two big bodies up front. Carter Stallard is a junior, and he's getting offers from Tech, UVA, Duke, Louisville, Maryland, WVU, and then they have a sophomore who's coming right behind them with a similar kind of build, um, and Jaden Edwards. So they're going to be big up front. Those guys are going to be right on those small. Uh, defensive tackles from Riverheads. That's going to be a tough task. Um, that quarterback's ability to beat him with the pass, because all I read is rushing yards. He's still throwing for, you know, 130 yards in those games too. Um, so it's going to be a tough thing for Riverheads to do. You know, you go into these big games for Riverheads where it's not like this program is riddled with these kind of opportunities. This has been more in recent years where they played Lord Botat and now they have Christiansburg. Um, some of the other class three teams that they lined up in the years prior weren't as high level as what these teams are. And we saw Riverheads win one and we saw Riverheads lose one against Lord Bottetot. And so now here's the first one against Christiansburg. I, you know, this was the kind of thing we did when they played Lord Bottetot. We read off the, you know, who's getting recruited by who and the body size of all these guys. And, and Riverheads came out and shut Lord Bottetot up with, uh, you know, running the heck out of the ball, getting to the outside, mixing it up, getting the ball downfield. I don't think Christiansburg will be as surprised of Riverheads because I have having seen that the coach doesn't have to go too far back to point to his team and say, hey, this was the last time Riverheads played a, you know, a class three team and surprised them. Let's not be one of those. And so, um, yeah, it's going to be an opportunity for Riverheads. You know, I can come up with ways they're going to win it. I can come up with ways they're going to lose it. And so uh, I think it's it's just going to come down to stopping that Tanner Evans. I mean, if, if they if they if they limit that quarterback. I'm not saying stop him, but limit him. Uh then they'll have their chance and if they don't, then they'll get beat.
0: Yeah, and I know you mean the last the,
1: the first time uh, they yeah, played it Lord the it was the last time, last they, time. The team. they lost the last meeting against Lord Botton. It was but, a very but, lopsided you know, meeting. Um new opponent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um and I think Christiansburg is going to be a test for them. I mean, I, I did look it up. There yeah. is a University of Charleston. The, the D1 school is College go. of Charleston. The uh, University of Charleston is a uh D two school in West Virginia, but that's also very good. I mean, to be getting those, Play baseball there, so. to getting those looks. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And to me, it's something that when we look at it, Leland, and what would worry me with riverheads is what you touched on the, the quarterback's ability to not only throw, but run. Yeah. A- and I know you've talked about it quite a bit. Like that's how you beat riverheads.
1: Yep. That's what East rock, East rock, when they shut Riverhead's out 28-0 in like 2016, one of the last couple losses for Riverheads. Yeah. Uh, that's what they had at quarterback, was a guy that could do that kind of production.
0: So I just, my concern is, from right. And my concern is looking at this game, I know Christiansburg's not as big, big all over the line, but they have some big, big players on the line and I'm worried Absolutely. Riverheads isn't going to be able to get those guys out of the way. I'm worried that Christiansburg, in addition to the quarterback does have enough players on the field that are athletes to stop Riverheads and kind of it, if those couple big guys on the line can eat up the linemen and not allow them to get to the next level, like Riverheads likes to do. I worry about how much success those backs are going to have.
1: And the, the one name you come up with, Riverheads, so when you start talking about these guys that have D1 offers and, and, and want to play college at the next level of whatever sport, um, you know, Caden cook cash is the first name you bring up. He's been hurt for Riverhead since game yeah. one. Is he going to be back this week? I don't know. I don't think – I don't know if he'll be back. I And here's the thing. Unless he's 100% and there's no problem with him, yeah. I don't want him back. I want what's best for him in his future. I so, agree. I agree with, um,
0: I agree right. with that for, so for both those reasons, right, because of his future yeah. and also I think for Riverheads' future. Look – we're talking about this game, and yes, it's a big game. I know Riverheads; any game they play, they want to win. But at the end of the day, if you lose to Christiansburg, you're still going to be you're going to have atle- you're going to have one home game in the two B playoffs. Then I think instead of two, but you if you have Caden Cook Cash at the end of the year in the playoffs, or you can have Caden Cook Cash against this team, which I think is going to be more physical than anyone else on their schedule. Don't play him and potentially get him hurt. And then you don't have him down the stretch.
1: Yeah. If he's a hundred percent healthy and everything, then, then I'll shut up. But uh, otherwise I, I I don't push it. I don't think they have pushed it. I think, no, I don't think they opportunity have either for them to push it. And so I, I have, I have good faith. They're doing what's best for him. I don't try to imply that they're not.
0: Um, Cause this just, is the you know, only question mark on the schedule still, but, and I don't want to, I don't want to make other people upset, but, I just – I don't think there's another team in the Shenandoah district that's going to give Riverheads a game. So I, I really don't. I, I don't think Riverheads' next question mark is until a region semifinal. So yeah, I, I so. just I, – I wouldn't I wouldn't rush a kid back. And like you said, I don't think Riverheads has. Um, they didn't last year when this was an issue. So I would be shocked to see them do it now.
1: In another game that happened here locally, Draft beat Stanton uh, Draft. Kind of stayed ahead. They had an early field goal. Um that cry kid hit a field goal. Sire. The Graver brothers were running. Um Sire, sorry. Uh were running for 250 combined yards. Uh that's what Stan, that's what Strustrap does. Stanton fought and uh their defense didn't keep that score low enough for them. Uh that was the problem, but they still fought back. They scored late to get within three, got an onside kick, but they're just unable to uh convert from there and get get in the end zone after that under a minute. Um, so Draft improves to three and two, Stanton down to two and three. You know, I, that, that outcome, I guess, probably more impressed me for Draft than, um, than it did take away from Stanton. I think Stanton's still kind of what I thought they were. Um, you know, 23 points isn't some kind of massive defensive failing. Um, I just think their offense isn't quite good enough to really force good things uh, against a solid defense like Draft traditionally has. Um, draft, I was worried about their offense. And so against a good defense like Stanton, for them to to make things happen. And I, I, I think they're doubling down on the Graber brothers more so each week. And uh, it's working for them, at least during this regular season. So um, yeah, I, I think it kind of just with what we saw over in Fishersville and what we saw from that score coming out of Stanton, it just kind of moves draft back up into that second position that for some reason I'm trying to talk myself out of every year. And they just keep putting themselves back in it.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I was disappointed. I I don't, I've seen the Seward's draft offense. It's not, it's not as complicated as Riverheads. Like, and I'm not saying Riverheads has an insanely complicated offense, but at least there's like misdirection and it's, that's what it's predicated on in the backfield. Um. I kind of thought the front seven for Stanton had done a great job at stopping runs in the past and this season, and it they didn't do it obviously this week against Stuart drafter at least good enough for them to win the game. I, I kind of thought the point total the offense had should have been enough to win that game, um, but yeah. Um, Credit to Stewart's draft, though they did do enough to win the game. Their offense did put up yeah. enough points. Their defense played solid, um, and they made the stop late when they needed to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think we've touched on this. I do think Stewart's drafts probably in that second second tier spot of the Chandoa district. We'll see what happens with Fort. Fort seems to play a little bit better each week, which is good news um, for Fort. We'll see how they're playing when they run into draft, but then how do they play when they run into Stanton, how they play when they run into Wilson. I, mm-hmm. I really do think this second tier, um, and honestly, I, I, maybe Wilson's played their way out of that second tier in my mind. Um, And they're like a third tier. Um, And draft, Stanton, Fort is in that second tier maybe in my mind. Um, I, I do think we could have a round robin of those three teams all beating each other.
1: It's possible. I, I mean, I, I would. <laughs> yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, that Wilson is who uh, Stanton has next. So, like, there's your first opportunity for that round robin to get going if, if Wilson's still involved in it. Um, you know, I think if Wilson plays as good as I think they can, I haven't seen them play this well, but as as much as I think they can, because the two wins they have is against Charlottesville and Western Armour, and I don't I don't know if that impresses me that much. I think I'm Shania Twain there. Um. I I think this is going to, you know, probably just solidify my thoughts on Wilson this game. I expect Stanton to play ball, and and, I mean, credit to Mikey Bell for giving me that thought, even coming off a loss, even for having a disappointing loss early in the season against Madison County. I still come back to Stanton and kind of have faith that they're going to play ball, and they're going to be there, and they're not going to just completely let me down. I mean, I, I picked them to beat draft, but Losing 23 to 20, I don't count as some complete letdown. And no. they had their chance to win eight. Like, so, okay, they're playing ball. And so I, I think they are going to play ball against Wilson. Does Wilson show up is, is where my question is. And, um, you know, I, I hope Ryan Bird can recognize what he's seeing in his kids. And I think it's some version of what we're seeing. It's a more in-house version. It's in the locker room. It's on the practice fields. But it's resulting to what we're seeing on Friday nights. I hope his recognition of that and, and he has an ability to to shape that somehow because it has been a kind of a new tradition for Wilson to not show up in big games, and it'd be nice for that to change.
0: Yeah, it would be. Um, and, and again, like the Graper brothers are going to be a force in Chandoa district games. They're going to be tough to stop. But it's just – I kind of thought Stanton's defense was at that level where they were – if that's the only weapon you had, they would be able to stop it. And, and apparently it's not. So yeah. – um, but credit to draft, they've got a good offensive line. They've got good backs that will help them uh, move and forward. And
1: I, I think they're going to eat this week. I mean, against Buffalo Gap, who's been in a bunch of one possession Buffalo games Gap or a is... bunch of games.
0: Well, let's. Leading, I mean,
1: leading in the second half. I think draft's going to eat this week. I think draft's going to run away from Buffalo Gap this week. I think those Graber brothers, they had two fifty last week. I think they have two fifty in two or three quarters this game. I think they're going to absolutely just run up and down the field on Buffalo Gap.
0: I mean, it was a one score victory over Waynesboro. And we said, you know, I I know you guys laughed, but I honestly, I was like, this is the Super Bowl for those two teams. Like this is your state championship. They're not, neither one of those teams is winning a game from here on out. That's it. Waynesboro is not going to win a game this year. Buffalo Gap got their win and they're done.
1: It'd be real surprising. Um, So then Fort Defiance, we've talked about them for a second. The reason we have increased confidence in them, they beat Madison County, a team that beat Stanton Open. They thumped
0: Madison County. Fort
1: Fort is getting better and better each week, and the loss against Riverheads two weeks ago looked much better, but still lost. Last week got the big win uh, against Broadway, and now showed up against Madison County in a game I think the pressure was on them. Like, this is a game you should win. And they showed up and took care of business, never had it in question Uh, Bradley Hebb had a big game. Um, Everything else was working right. Armantrout had his catches. They mixed it up. They played good defense. They forced turnover. They did what they're supposed to do. So I I love that look out of them. They have Waynesboro this week, who is 0-5. And so you would think this is another opportunity for Fort Defiance to increase their confidence even more so and be back to 500, be back where they started, and kind of look at this district schedule ahead of them, the back half of the season, as – you know, what, what can we tear into here? And the, I mean, there's still games against Stewart's draft and riverheads that you're going to hesitate with, or not riverheads, but Stewart's draft uh, that you're going to hesitate with, but you know, the Stanton, the Wilson, the, everybody else, you, you're going to have confidence for four clients yeah. So I, I, I love where they're sitting.
0: And even that Stewart's draft game, like uh, what this team has managed to do from the early portion of the season where they lose a couple games where you're like, uh Oh, um, And, but the improvement they showed in the Riverheads game and then coming out and, you know, I think all all three of us thought they would win this game against Madison County, but I was the only one that thought this game was going to go how it went. I was like, I expect Ford to come out here and lay a beat down. And, And they did do that. And so for me, I'm like, okay, this is, Ford is now where I think they are and they're clicking finally. It's not at the beginning of the season like we had hoped, right. but they're finally clicking, and they're finally clicking on the cylinders. So now I, I put them back where I kind of thought maybe at the beginning of the year, yeah, you know, they might have a shot in any of these games. They could lose any of those yeah. games, or
1: they could win any
0: of those games, except for the, ga- the only game. One they cannot lose that
1: case. We, there were only one win behind the pace that we thought they would be at. So, like, that's not some right. massive number difference. And one surprise game, and you're back even with it. And, I don't even know if a lot of those are surprises now. So yeah, you know, the draft I mean, game, the draft, 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 draft game, I think is the
0: biggest year. concern, just because of the weapons draft has on the ground. You sure. you do worry. Hey, can they stop the running game? If they can, but we okay. That all of a sudden that for that Stewart's draft offense isn't as good. But you have to stop the running game
1: similarly a year ago about what Stewart's Draft was doing when they were getting Mm -hmm. better. And, yeah, they weren't having quite the year we thought they would, but they were getting better in the second half of the season, reestablishing themselves as the second-best team in the Shenandoah District. And that was when they played, like, a 10-7 game against Fort Defiance. So I'm interested to see that when we get there. Uh, But this week, Fort Defiance has has Waynesboro. So uh, you would think that goes well. Gap beat Waynesboro. I don't want to spend too much time on that. They won the game. Uh, They didn't rely on... Um, the same guy to, that always leads them there. They had Cole Blackwell; he had a good game for them. I think that's a positive for them. Um, but you know, it doesn't—it's not earth-shattering change of season. So, um, let's—I guess that's it. Oh, there was other high school things I want to talk about. Uh, I thought it was interesting coming out of Galax and Auburn, fifty to nothing at halftime, and they called it at the half. Now, the official rumors—I guess not official. There's no press release. But the, what was talked about in that game is that they only have 13 players available for the second half, uh, which was surprising to people hearing that comment since they came into the game with close to 30 kids. So I they were surprised that, you know, 15 plus kids were hurt during the first half. Um, so that's something I, I don't know. It just reminded me of Friday Night Lights when they just went into halftime and called it. I know that's dramatic and TV. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was something of note and uh, not something you see every day.
0: No. um, That's troubling
1: for Auburn, if that's true. Yeah. And, they're, that's, and that's what's crazy with Auburn, is they're very successful in other sports, um, especially the spring sports across the board, girls and guys. When I mean, they have a lot of athletic kids in that school. It just surprises me uh, to hear this out of that football team, that they're down on that numbers that bad. It just... I don't know. There's something weird if they. Came it's, a the game with it's a shrinking area. It's it's an area that's not growing. So, sure, but any, it didn't shrink <laughs> from between seven and eight o'clock on Friday night.
0: <laughs> no, but I'm saying like if like, the, if even
1: the even having dressed, thirty kids.
0: Me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you think I guess I guess I'm just used to like when you think of what and even some of the schools here when you think of what they used to have on the rosters to what it is now, like yeah. it's going down. So.
1: Yeah, everybody is, yeah. I mean, yeah. we had this problem with Waynesboro a couple years ago, but that's a down program, and honestly, they don't show a lot of success across the board in sport. They have, But those, also, Auburn is a know, Class 1
0: school, so, like, it's a little more... The Waynesboro one was more. troubling in the sense that it's a Class 3 school, yeah. and that shouldn't be happening. Um, yeah. The Class 1 school, I to... it, it, you understand a little bit more, and it's, like I said, Auburn is in a shrinking community. The community is not growing. So, uh, yeah. I... When I say that, when I make that comment, it's a comment of concern of the future for Auburn football.
1: Yeah. All right, let's talk about volleyball real quick here. Fort Defiance had another great week. Riverhead's had a great week. Both teams undefeated. That sets up big-time week for Fort Defiance, where they play Spotswood Monday night. Uh, We're recording ahead of that, so we just don't know what's going on there. But then Tuesday night, the Shenandoah District showdown between the two undefeated teams in the Shenandoah District. Riverheads will travel to Fort Defiance to have their opportunity to, you know, I think it's honestly shock the world. I don't think uh, Riverheads people would uh, appreciate that as much for the shock the world. But when you go undefeated in district for as many years as Fort Defiance has, that's the way I look at it. So a great opportunity for them. Um, but, you know, if, if it's not uh, Fort Defiance win, then, you know, maybe we'll have a special podcast because that would be really surprising. <laughs> you know, we're not going to, but I mean, that would, that would be surprising. So, but it's an opportunity. That's what it's all about. Get on the court, see what you can do. And that happens Tuesday night at Fort defiance.
0: Yeah. It'll be a big one for Fort. uh If they're able to bring home or excuse me, it'll be a big one for riverheads. If they're able to pull off that upset, you do expect Fort to bring that one home. And uh yeah. it does kind of feel like another year of Fort running the district. Um Especially if riverheads can't beat them because the rest of the Shenandoah District is kind of beating up on each other a little bit. Um, I mentioned how big last week. I mentioned it was a big one for Waynesboro this week against Draft. They do get that win, so they're five hundred in the district. This is this is a program that was young last year. They're getting better. They will be young next year again. Um, yeah, a, and
1: I I like I really like their wins because now yeah I really look at these Stanton games. And, you know they've already been Draft and Gap. I believe are the yep. two they've won. Uh, when they play Stanton, you start to, you know, and so building themselves up, I really like it. I like the growth there.
0: Yep. So we'll see what happens there. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um. You got any golf for us?
1: I don't. It's It, it happened uh, Monday. We just don't have results yet. So we'll talk about it next week, setting up into uh, state play. So,
0: all right. So we want to talk. we
1: going this week. So we'll have uh, some, some thoughts on that. Coming up, I know we always gear more into the final for the Shenandoah uh, district meet and stuff like that for the cheer competitions, but they got going, so just making sure everybody knows that. But yeah, let's talk college football.
0: You want to start with the win or the losses?
1: <laughs> let's just go ahead and start with the losses because none of them were pretty.
0: No. Um, the score is not indicative of that Marshall game. That was that was bad. Um, and I, I think I... You know, when we made our picks, I even said, I was like, I'll pick Tech, but I don't feel good about it. That was, that was me. That's the closest I've ever been to you of like knowing that we're probably (laughs) not going to win that game, but I'm going to pick Virginia Tech anyway. Uh Um, So I wasn't surprised to see them lose. I was just surprised in the fashion they lost. It's another week where I, I'm watching Virginia Tech play and I'm like, I, this team isn't good. And I told you there was – I heard something on the radio going into the locker room during an interview that I was like, "Uh uh-oh. And it was the first time that I was like, I hope he's not in over his head. And at the end of that game, Twitter's a tire fire, which is not necessarily unusual on Saturdays. I stayed away from that. (laughs) But it was a bigger tire fire than usual, and – I think the honeymoon phase is officially over yeah. and I think there is legitimate questions being asked right now. And I think they're fair questions. Are we better this year than we were last year? And I don't think that answer is Yes. I, 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 I think best case scenario, you can say we're equal as to what we were last year. And I'm not sure that's being honest with yourself either.
1: Yeah. The, the signs of progress are not there. And you know, you, you said we said that a week ago about Rutgers, but okay. But then it's two weeks in a row, and we're losing to another team that it, we'd roll. You know, if we were dead already, we'd roll over in our graves. From what we used to be to losing to Rutgers, and now losing to Marshall, and going into the games as underdogs. And yeah, this isn't like covering, just not even being there.
0: And this isn't Marshall with Randy Moss and Chad Pennington or Byron Leftwich. Like, this isn't that Marshall.
1: Yeah. Chad Pennington's son, I think, is there, but that doesn't count. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> good. I I just, it's not good. Um, I think any of the, I think you could tell the honeymoon's over because the first thing out of everybody's mouth wasn't Fuente. <laughs> and and I'm good. Like, we can't talk about Fuente anymore. It's over. Like, the, the signs of progress are there. Now, Mr. Optimistic Leland wants to say, I want to see how Brent Pry reacts to not seeing progress and not seeing the production out of his offense that he was hoping to see. And I want to, like, at this moment, I say, and I know we got a long time between there, we got a lot of games going, but it's just like at this moment, I feel like if if we just go into this offseason and say, you know, I have faith in uh, Bowen, our offensive coordinator, and this and that, I'm not going to like that. I'm, I'm going to push away from that because we need to question, we need to challenge. Like, we, we can't sit around. As the rest of the nation has optimistic things to look at, like Colorado with a brand new coach and they're winning. I know they got their butts beat this weekend, but they've already accomplished more than we can this year. You got Duke that's right down the road, right in the ACC, has more challenging things to battle through before you get to the football field and they're recruiting. And they're immediate. They're better. They have. They hired their coach the same time we coached Brett Pry, and they are good. They beat Clemson. They got game day coming to Duke. They might get their butts beat, but, again, they've already accomplished more than we can this year. So I just – I think you can look at these comparisons and we got, we have to challenge ourselves. We have to get better. We have to react. We can't just accept what we have and continue to do that. Cause I feel that's what we did one year already. We can't do that another year. So we, I'm not, I guess I'm not saying we absolutely have to fire him, but we got to acknowledge we weren't getting the production that we need. And this is what's got to change, or I'm going to be more involved or we're bringing in this additional coach to, you know, mix things up or, or, yeah, we fired him, and we're going to get this guy. I I just want to see some – got to react. We can't just keep doing the same thing and expect it for it all of a sudden to work.
0: And the difference to me from this week to from last week was, last week I felt like, okay, as a whole, I felt the defense did pretty good. This week, I, the defense was atrocious. It, it was all bad. It was offense was bad. Defense was bad. Special teams was bad. Everybody was bad. Everything was bad. And – Again, I'm not foolish enough to think Virginia Tech has the money to fire Brent Pry. Uh,
1: I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet.
0: I'm not there yet, but get embarrassed by Pitt, and I'm willing to have a conversation about it. Like, (laughs) because Pitt's a program that is trending downward in a bad way right now, too. And so this is... This this is honestly a game where the loser's fan base is ready to put for sale signs in people's yards. Like, I think you're I think you might not be there, but I'm telling you, other Virginia Tech fans are getting there quickly. And I, I think I don't know what the right answer is here, and sometimes it's better to just not be active on social media than to put something out that is just really going to make people roll their eyes and grumble the the one and oh next week stuff i'm over it i yeah we were one and oh because we beat an odu team that barely beat an fcs team this week um odu's bad i yikes this team is bad and you lost to purdue in a game that honestly again probably shouldn't have been as close as it was you lost to rutgers you lose now to marshall now you're starting to get into ACC play, and I don't feel good. I, I don't feel good because, honestly, you know, we're talking about the Pac-12, and rightfully so. The Pac-12 has all the good teams. You know who has the most undefeated teams of any conference in football? The ACC. And Virginia Tech is not one of them. I Honestly, Leland, when we look at that schedule, I don't see the path to six wins. Because I see, no, it's we apparently. could not absolutely
1: you can't lose the Rutgers and Marshall and still have a path six wins. We could no.
0: absolutely lose every single one of those games on the schedule.
1: Yeah, yeah, and if and if we finish two and ten or whatever it is or three, that's not better than last year, and so that's a problem. That is a problem. And I, I'm
0: glad he's recruiting well, but eventually, like if you keep two, three wins, those recruits are going to turn into decommits, or you're just not going to yeah. get them at all. And yeah. that's, we, we gotta that's a problem.
1: We got to do better. And, and we have enough guys in that building that are Brent Price guys. We have enough transfers that are Brent Price guys. We have Brent Price recruits getting suspended indefinitely. We got to. Yeah, it's on Brent Price. We're not. We're not. I, I just need to see. I just need to see, I just need to see us be He's better. I just need to see us be better.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I'm in today's college football where the portal is active. There is no excuse. To go backward in year two from year one like you just can't have that and i some coaches i'm not saying this is brent prize philosophy it's obviously not but when you talk to some when you look at some other coaches and some old school guys and they're like i don't believe in the transfer portal and and those are the coaches that typically are not doing well
1: and are 0-2 in the acc you know yeah
0: yeah and <laughs> you're just like okay that's fine um that's yeah. not going to be a recipe for success for you. And yeah, I. I well, we do believe
1: in the transfer portal, and who's going to come to us when we are going to just be two? And
0: exactly. And I, it. I just I don't know what the pitch yeah. is. It used to be, hey, we have yeah. the nation's longest active bowl streak, and when that died, I was on this podcast, and you remembered. I said, what does Virginia Tech have to hang their hat on now? That was it.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and we're so chickens we're so have
1: moved from anything. The chickens of have come home to roost. Like they don't it's have a hat, anymore, Joe.
0: Yeah, there's 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 nothing there's nothing to yeah. be proud of with this program in these we, kids generation. We don't
1: have an identity.
0: In these kids' we, lifetime we, we the, have- the the kids you're trying to recruit in their lifetime, Virginia Tech has been a joke. Like it's not been good.
1: Yeah. We we used to be tough, we used to have the electricity, we don't have any of that anymore. We used to take three stars and turn them into five stars, we don't have that anymore. We we don't have an identity anymore. We don't have the hat. We don't have it.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean so honestly we didn't even have, we weren't even having the level of success that Nebraska had, but in a lot of ways, these are two similar programs in that sense. Like the glory days are long gone and yep. I don't know how you get back.
1: Nebraska was just higher than we were, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> we, we, didn't we didn't even have the success.
0: We didn't even good. have the success that yeah. Nebraska had, but in, in the similar sense, like Nebraska's like Nebraska fans in the Nebraska program are asking, how do we get back there? How do we get back there? And uh, Virginia Tech fans are. How do we get back to you know winning the ACC yeah. and being a college football playoff contender? How do we get to that level? And I, I honestly, I at this point, I don't know what the answer is because I don't know what the recruiting pitch
1: is. And, and you talk about inner the pitch. Sandman's like we, cool. I, I. This is why we don't have the pitch anymore. I mean, we don't have we don't have the what to hang our hand on. We don't have the pitch anymore because. I mean, Nebraska Because you waited too long the Because the only alternative is you can look at corn or you can come here and watch us lose. So they still go there and listen to the music and watch people around the field, watch, you know, big 10 future draftees play. No, here they go somewhere else and, and their recruits do. They go to UNC, they go to Penn state, they go to bigger. So
0: yeah. UVA, I, UVA the way, the way UVA lost was I loved it. Per, yeah, look as a, as a person not rooting for UVA loved it, but I'm sure UVA fans was particularly gut wrenching because I mean, you every score the touchdown. Thing
1: did was paired with a negative. Yeah, you and score so, a touchdown,
0: have a personal foul, so yes. now you have to go for two way further out. You somehow and get then that. You get it. And I'm telling you, if Calandria doesn't pose, they don't yeah. get that 15 yard penalty. He's,
1: his helmet could be off, but he just turns towards the sideline, maybe pump his fist looks at the crowd he's happy he goes but he stands there like a 12 year old badass and no oh you get a penalty
0: <laughs> that's a penalty so then the kickoff is 15 yards further back nc state gets a great return on top of that Out of the 50. Yeah. and you block the field goal but not the guy who blocked it a completely different dude jumps on top of another dude on that play so that's a 15 yard penalty which gives nc state cha- another chance from 15 yards chip closer shot. now it's a chip shot and he drills it, and that's how UVA loses the game. Uh, at the I end just... of that game, I, I was talking to some friends, because we had just gotten back from watching another crazy game, and I I said to my friends who were also watching, I was like, that is the absolute dumbest way to lose a game. And yeah. I was wrong, because one day later, somebody would show me a dumber <laughs> way to lose, and I, we'll get to that. But
1: I I... I just kid that's the way I can stomach UVA making game winning plays. They just paired them with just the, the game losing needed. play. Yeah. yeah. It's just think like it was equal parts game winning and game losing,
0: uh,
1: actions. So I do it, think it they,
0: great. I do think UVA picks up wins in their next two games. I think they will go to chestnut Hill. I think they will beat Boston college and I think they beat William and Mary at home, but I don't know the what the way they means.
1: played and being as close as they have in these last couple. I, yeah, I would, I would be surprised uh, for them not to win at BC we win Mary. They better be, win Mary. I mean, if, they, if they're if they 0-6, then Elliott might be gone sooner than uh, Brent Pry. Um, All right. So, JMU, uh, they went up 24-0, and that's when I sent you the text. This is Riverheads versus Perry McClure. This is just, you know, one team is just absolutely dominating the other. And even when it was still, like, 38-14, okay, well, Utah State's scoring a little bit, but JMU's still pacing them. Okay, that's fine. You know, whatever. Well, then the points dried up and the turnovers Utah happened came all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Utah State came all the way back, tied that thing, had the ball. Jamie's lucky to get the ball back. They go score and then they have to hold on tight and make a interception late to win. It was ugly in the second half, real ugly.
0: This is now two games in particular in short order. The UVA game, which they got bailed out with another lightning delay, which gave them a second. Chance at the second half and this game where you go from a first half of feeling that you can do no wrong to uh uh-oh and I will leave that to our listeners to figure out uh, what factors happen at halftime that maybe JMU's not capitalizing on that other teams are able to figure out and capitalize on and whose fault that might be. Um, but this is the concern when JMU went up to FBS, right? Like, in the FCS, it didn't matter. Halftime adjustments didn't matter. We were just, we, You had a different class of athlete than everybody else. That's not the case in the FBS. It's particularly not going to be the case in the Sun Belt. The Troy game was another one where you win because your defense bails you out. Um, Man, I don't know... This is a game that JMU is favored in against South Alabama. It's at home. But Bridgeforth is not a fortress. The the students won't be there in the fourth quarter. It's come crunch time. It
1: Oh, it's a noon game. They won't be there in the first quarter.
0: Yeah, this is this
1: this That's has home with JMU games. They do game
0: this Yeah, this has letdown game written all over it. This is the game yeah. that I would circle on the schedule and say I am worried that this is the game JMU drops because South Alabama is a good team. They're going to come in ready to play. And even if JMU is ahead at halftime, I've seen the other team be able to take advantage of JMU in the second halves. And I'm not sure that that isn't what would happen this in this game. I, I just, I don't yeah. know. We have very good players, but I don't know if we use them to the best of their abilities at all times in a game.
1: What they can do to impress me, and you're saying the same thing I am, I just had a different way of saying it. What, Jamie, you can do to impress me in this game is just come in here and take care of business. Come in here and win by, you know, two, three scores, be ahead the whole game. That, Like, anything less than that, I'm just going to continue to have sizable doubts. Now, am I, like, doubting they can win the, like, national That's not the level we're talking. That's not That's not the scale. But can they, you know – be a rumble threat through the Sun Belt. And, and, you know, when they're playing Coastal and they're playing Appalachian State, you really have faith JMU's going to just, you know, have a good shot at beating them. I I think they need to come out and take care of business in this game and just really own this game for to to impress me. I think that's what it's going to take for me to kind of change my mindset that JMU's just not sliding by some of these lesser opponents because I don't have good faith in what UVA is, and they barely beat them. I definitely don't have faith in what Utah State is, and they barely beat them. So you need first half JMU to be a full game. And and then I'll, I'll be impressed and I'll start saying positive things about what they'll do against the big boys.
0: Yep, I agree.
1: All right, so what surprised you on Saturday?
0: What surprised me is just how inept Ole Miss looked on offense. It was an offense that looked like they had no business finding the end zone ever in, in the sport of football and Jackson darts, not a terrible quarterback, but there were, there were moments. There there were moments where I I was just like, have they played football before? Like I, what is going on? And and honestly, Virginia tech fans, it'll look familiar. Third and long. We're running, (laughs) we're running the jet sweep on third and long. And we're sitting there I'm sitting there going, what are you doing? Throw the ball. And Defensively, they hung there for a half, but then in the second half, Alabama took the top off, let Milrow throw the ball, and Milrow throws a pretty good deep ball at least half the time, and if you're 50% on deep balls, you'll take that because those are big plays. And Ole Miss, the secondary started to get burnt up top. They weren't getting the pass rush there quick enough uh, And against an Alabama offensive line that has not done a good job protecting quarterbacks all season. Milrow does good when he has to scramble. This, this to me, was the obvious, like, anybody questioning whether Milrow is the best option at quarterback, if they had any doubts after the South Florida game, like, well, you know, let's see what happens when Milrow plays in the SEC. Okay, he played an SEC team, and he looked pretty good. So, yeah. uh, he wasn't the reason they struggled in the first half, although he did have the one interception that was a really bad interception. Yeah, he's in the end that, but, I
1: think that's part of it. Uh, the skill set that I like about him, I think, includes that.
0: Yeah. He's a gunslinger. So he there's going to be some throws where you're like, dude, can't have that. But then he's going to make some big plays where you're like, okay, that's why he starts. That's why he's here. And I, I do think uh, this will go into my further point of that I, I harp on each year. I think there is one team in the SEC that absolutely deserves to be in the college football playoff. I think their name is Georgia. I think everybody else is very, very mediocre and very comparable to everybody else in the country. I don't think the SEC is some dominating conference. Now, is the AP Top 25 going to reflect that? No. The the, the AP Top 25 is going to love – if you have SEC next to your name, they're going to love it. Um, Yeah. But I think Georgia's great. I think everybody else is good to above average. And yeah. I think that's a lot of college football. I think that's the parody, which I love. It's I enjoy. I enjoy there being parody in the sport, but I, I also know that when SEC teams beat up on each other, it's because the SEC is great and has so much parody. When it happens in yeah. another conference, it's, oh, well, you know, maybe that conference isn't as good as we thought. Like I, the SEC is the only one that doesn't get that.
1: No. Yeah. Well, ESPN owns them. Uh, what surprised me? You know, the outcome of this Ohio State Notre Dame game could go either way, and that's not gonna surprise me. Just the way it finished, the way the the game went, where Ohio State got up two scores, Notre Dame came all the way back. And then when they handed that ball off on the last play of the game, which I still think should have been the last game play of the game. I think someone held the clock. Um, I just I was surprised how it ended. They ran the ball in which I thought was gutsy in that spot. They threw it the play before um, they get into the end zone and uh, they win the game. What's bizarre to me and continues the surprise factor here is that Notre Dame chose to play that with 10 players in the field.
0: They played the last two plays with 10 players on the field.
1: Yeah, that's, that's an approach. That's, that's a way to play football, I guess. I, I, I just don't know how that happens at this level. You have how many guys that you pay to coach that team, be around that team that have headsets on and can say something, and you run two plays with only ten guys, and the, and it's the coming out of a timeout. One way or the other, way, uh, one way or the other, it's going to decide the game. You got to you got to play a heads up. You got to have eleven. That should be the easiest thing. Little league coaches every week get eleven players on the field. How does Notre Dame not get eleven on the field?
0: Coming out of so a timeout, they had ten players I on the know. field for
1: the last two plays of the game
0: because that was their last timeout. They took their so last timeout. Which I was like, I, I appreciate that timeout because you need to figure this out. Yeah. And apparently figuring it out was sending 10 guys. I, I tell you why I think Ohio State ran in on that last play. I think Ohio State knew they only had 10 players after the first time. I think they called the you pass had play. Out
1: timeout, you wouldn't expect that again. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, it was, well, it was and what was even man.
0: crazier is Marcus <laughs> Freeman saying that We noticed it after the first play, but we decided not to give them the extra half yard and rather just play a man down. I'm like, that's dumb. That is weapons grade dumb, if that is true. I would rather him just say, yep, we didn't notice. Our bad. We We got caught up.
1: We got caught up in the emotion
0: of the situation, and it escaped us. Just be honest. Just be honest. Because you trying to cover it up, like, oh, yeah, no, we knew. I'm like, okay, then you're dumb. Like, (laughs) what? And also, what was dumb is Ryan Day losing his mind in the post game yeah, interview, yeah. being like, Where's Lou Holtz? I'm like, yeah, look, where, dude. I don't know. Where is Lou Holtz?
1: I, there's I a no lot of things. That
0: yeah, like there's a lot of things that Lou Holtz says that I'm like,
1: mm, I don't know if we should have said Here, that into I a didn't microphone. Hear any of but this. where is he saying this? What venue? It was on the Pat McAfee show. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's what I guess. I didn't know it was that national.
0: It was on All the right, Pat McAfee whatever. show. So.
1: It's Lou Holtz. No one cares. If people cared what Lou Holtz said. Also,
0: Ryan Day, Ryan Day, I don't want to rain on your parade after you win, but you ran to where the guy wasn't, and you barely got in the end zone. And And earlier in the game on a fourth and goal, you got stuffed. So I'm sorry, you're not tough. You're lucky. You're lucky Notre Dame only played 10 guys, and you're so bad that you couldn't score on the pass with 10 guys which I knew because I was like, Oh my gosh, they were throwing to Marvin Harrison jr. Who I get really good wide receiver, but on the play on that second to last play, I was like, why would you throw to anybody other than Ebuke? He's been wide open the entire game. Guess who was open in the end zone on the second to last play.
1: I, I it was, I that know, was probably
0: Broadway. the 10th guy, <laughs> the <laughs> 11th guys, <laughs> man, I, And, of course, there's all the jokes, you know, like, oh, Notre Dame's defense left room for Jesus and, you know, uh, whatever. But
1: it must have been right before Easter.
0: uh, Yeah. He hadn't resurrected, I guess, on the line yet. But it it was a problem.
1: (laughs) I I don't like Ryan Day to that point. I don't I'm not big on Ryan Day. I'm not big on these coaches. You know what's going to happen?
0: You know what's going to happen when you do play a physical team, Ryan Day? You're going to get smacked in the mouth. Their name's Michigan and they're going to punk you.
1: Yeah, they're going to punk him. I agree with that. I don't like these coaches that are making it about them, and I think it's really popular right now. Dion's obviously doing that. I'm not big on that. I'm not hating everything Dion does. I think there's a lot of what he's doing that's great. But just packaged with the self-promotion, I'm not enjoying. I don't like Ryan Day doing this. It feels self-promoting. It feels like, look at me at this moment. It's what Dabo does. It's what um, uh, Lane Kiffin does. It just seems like these coaches want to draw the attention towards them and I don't I don't like it. And, and I think I'm pretty consistent on this. I'm maybe not hundred percent, but I think I'm pretty consistent on it. It's just not what I'm used to, it's not what I like. I know I might be old man get off my lawn way of talking, but like it's just it seems like it sets up for for bad. It just doesn't seem to set up for good. When you have the pressure and everybody focused on these players and and they're gonna cycle through, it's college, it all work. I think it's better than like having this constant look at me negativity is how I feel about it zeroed in on this program it's going to be a constant it's going to stay there and I, I don't like it it I goes mean, to what we say, say all anywhere. the time right that might not be relevant but
0: it, it goes to what we say all the time when you and I on a Friday night or on this podcast pick games and, and people are like oh uh, that goes to show you—you you don't know what to call. You didn't believe in us. So I'm like, dude, we had a 50-50 chance. We had to pick a team. If we're picking games, we have to pick somebody to win, which means the other team loses in our mind. And yeah. we tend to give a reason and a rationale behind that. Lou Holtz gave and a we pretty.
1: We love it when we're surprised. Yes, right, like, especially when it's sure
0: one of our teams it. surprising us in a good way. Yes. Unfortunately, it's yes. been bad surprises this year. But um, when when Lou Holtz said the teams that beat Ohio State are more physical than they are. Look at the games that Ohio State has lost recently. That's exactly the truth. It's not like Lou is making something up out of thin air. And honestly, yeah. Notre Dame was more physical than Ohio State in that game. Ohio State didn't move the ball. Ohio State was very bad at in short yardage situations in that game. Their, their conversions were through the air. That's not physical. That's not, that's not a physical warfare in the trenches. That's you going to the air to beat a secondary who, for whatever reason, just did not cover Ekbuke the entire fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a weird moment. It was one where Ohio state wins the game. And I was like, and, and then Ryan day immediately says that. And I was like, weird, weird. I don't, I don't understand why you're fighting with an 86 year old guy saying something on the Pat McAfee show.
1: I just don't, no one cares what, what Lou Holtz says. If they did, he'd still be sitting at the desk on, at, on ESPN Friday nights, or on Saturday nights, he'd still be sitting in the same spot. He's not. No one cares.
0: It was just um, what
1: I what I saw coming. Um, Florida State beating Clemson. I know it was a tight game. I know they were down. I, I know all of it. But I just I just feel like Clemson's Clemsoning again, and I just feel like you can feel it coming. You can see it coming. You know, watch watch what they do against Syracuse this week. Maybe I I just I don't know. I just have no faith in Clemson at the moment. I think they're living on what they should be and not what they are. And so Florida State won, because I think Florida State is. Now they had to squeak it out. It's at Clemson, all the reasons, whatever. They got it done. And so I saw that coming. My money saw it coming. And it happened.
0: Yeah, the missed field goal at the end really hurt Clemson there. Um, it helped
1: them. Yeah, it helped Florida State.
0: Club Nick not seeing the safety blitz coming really hurt, because that, oh, that, was, that was lovely. He got hammered. I mean, that was a hard hit. And then, of course, the ball gets tipped right into the guy who hit him's hands and mm-hmm. he runs all the way down the sideline for the touchdown. That was big for Florida State.
1: That wasn't
0: – Their the, offense was not good in that game. It wasn't a coyote
1: play, but it was close. <laughs> they're,
0: they're, the the offense I didn't love from Florida State. The uh, We're going to go run the go route, throw it up, and hope he catches it. The yeah. only time it worked was on <laughs> the last play on offense where
1: they scored the touchdown. I don't know what where they Clemson the Clemson was touchdown. doing to force that and, and make that their number one option, but I have liked their offense in other games better, so I, I'm hoping that comes back. But I don't know. It's not like I'm – rest in all my I will I'm say i into Florida State
0: Lee at the end of that game I I did think to myself I was like ah, I don't know if ACC is gonna have a playoff team I don't know okay. if Florida State runs the table
1: oh maybe not um what did you see coming
0: I saw the Colorado game coming
1: yeah
0: I I, I I saw the big spread there and I was like yeah Oregon's really good
1: and not I, having I Travis Hunter is going to be Oregon.
0: a not having Travis Hunter was a problem, but it wasn't as big of a margin as that game was problem. Um, it was by far the toughest game Colorado had. Now they have another tough game in USC. The only good news for Colorado, if if you want to ride Dion in that one, is it's a 23-point spread, and USC's defense might not be good enough to prevent somebody from losing by more than 23 points to them. Um, but
1: one of those like 9 or 10 a.m. start times out there
0: it, it is crazy. a noon kickoff which means it's 9 a.m. USC time um and that game is in Boulder it's
1: Colorado isn't it
0: it's in Boulder
1: yeah it's in Colorado so I think it's uh one hour better but yeah
0: yeah um it's gonna be an interesting game I think again this is one where, like, the people that were, like, losing their minds, like, oh, Colorado's going to go undefeated. Nobody believes in them. Oh, this no. was a wake-up call for them, which I thought was ridiculous. Now, after losing, the, the people that are like, see, this proves Deion's not real. He's not a good coach. They're going to get blown out in the rest of no, the games. they have
1: already accomplished. You can't take away what they've already done. Colorado
0: is going to a bowl game. Colorado yes. has Stanford and Cal on their schedule still, so that's five wins. I think they have the Arizona schools.
1: Everybody in the nation wrote TCU in as a victor on the first week of the season and Colorado beat them. They did that. You can't take that away. Like they, they shouldn't win that game with a brand new coach after being yeah. crap and crap, whatever they were you year ago. And they won it. They've already done that. Now they're losing the top of the pack 12. That's not embarrassing. So whatever.
0: Yeah. Uh, they,
1: and here they, I am defending Dion. This is me defending Derek Jeter is now I'm defending Stanford,
0: Deion. Stanford and Cal are two <laughs> wins for Colorado. And then, it, I know they have Arizona. I think Arizona State might be on that schedule, too. As long as one of the Arizonas are on that schedule, that's another win. And then that's six, and you're in a bowl. So they're going to be fine. Look, do I like them against uh, USC? No. Do I like them against Washington State? No. Utah? No. Oregon State? No. But they'll be fine. They're going to get to a bowl game.
1: Yeah.
0: Which is is better than anybody thought coming into the season. So... He's ahead so. of schedule there and he's going to keep doing building that program.
1: Oh, and being ahead of schedule out there is going to build tenfold. And here's it, the and
0: thing, all the people here. be like, "Oh, enjoy I hope they enjoy it now cuz Dion's going to leave him in 2 years. That's fine. Colorado's going to cash in as much as they can and they're going to save as much money as they can or invest it in their facilities as much as they as they can while they have it because then when they hire the next guy, they've got these great facilities and they can build off what Dion started and it doesn't come crashing down like a house of cards.
1: Yep. What I am looking forward to coming up. I, you know, as much as I'm, I guess, a little bit jealous of what Duke's doing right now with a newer coach and whatnot. I I think it's cool that they're going to have game day there for the first time. They're going to get a primetime game. Like I, I don't know. I have something where I like it and, and I don't like Duke. I I do not like Duke, but I just, I think it's cool when these schools that haven't had it before get it for the first time. I think it's cool to see how they react. Now I know it's Duke and it's, they've had big games on campus before, but it's in the other sport. So I just think it's cool that they're doing it. I like when new schools get game day. So that's what I'm looking forward to is kind of watching some game day. Uh, I believe I can this week um, and, and just seeing how all that goes. And, and then, you know, paying attention to that game at the night. I, I don't think, it's going to go duke's way but maybe maybe it does i know we're going to go head to head
0: on it i see we are we are going to go head to head on it and that i guess that lets you know what i think um but before we talk about this game since we're going to in our next little portion here
1: that we were gonna
0: um (laughs) speaking of game day that was the other odd moment in a post game interview was after the oregon state washington state game washington state's coach took a shot at Lee Corso who apparently before the game said, this is the nobody wants us bowl or something between Oregon state and Washington state, because those are the two teams still in the pack yeah. two. Um, Which okay, again, I'm like, uh, you can get mad, but it's what he said. Isn't wrong. It's not, not true. Nobody wanted you. The ACC yeah. didn't want you. The big 10 didn't want you. The Big Twelve didn't want
1: you. He's making like personal to the players. It's not like this. It's not. Yeah, he's like. "Uh,
0: Maybe Lee Corso can tell me how kids flying across the country is good. And I was like, I don't think Lee Corso is saying
1: that. He isn't saying that. Oh my goodness, that guy just.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a fun to it's it's hearing something. Let's
1: stop going after Lee Corso and go after some of these seventy year old men that actually say and do things that matter to us. Let's do that.
0: No, we can't do that. Um, (sighs) (laughs) You can't do that. Um, but yeah, I, that was another one where I was like, dude, you want a big game on national television, pump up your program. Yeah. Pump up your program, pump up your team.
1: Yeah.
0: What are you doing going after Lee Corso? Come on. The dude puts on masks. Everybody's
1: now. scared of it. everybody's leaving. They don't want to play us anymore. The- look how good we are
0: the dude is putting on mascot heads like yes it's lee corso what are you losing your mind about like
1: he has a God. pencil like that's his that's his weapon is his his pencil that he not so fast you like come on
0: and that was the other part he's like oh lee is now just you know he's up there writing reading other people's jokes and all this now at that age and i was like what are we doing like yeah. pump well, the brakes all of that guy's coaches
1: that coach all of his plays are original and no one's ever ran the ball to the left before yeah it's just so. like yeah. Come on, dude.
0: Like, just leave it 70. All the right. So let's guy. look at our bets
1: um, and see here that we got. Uh, we're going to go head to head. So, my lock is your um, super dog. Yep. So, you have Duke plus five and a half. That changed since you saw that last. And uh, my lock is Notre Dame minus five and a half. So, we're going to go head to head. And that's, that's good for you because uh, if I win, I get one point. If you win, if you win the game, you get six or you get 10 and a half points, right? So it's good for you.
0: Yeah. Oh, is the spread six now?
1: No, it's five and a half. You wrote in six, but it's five and a half now.
0: Oh, it dropped a half point.
1: It dropped a half point. I'm being accurate and I just checked it because we've established we're going on odds from Tuesday night so or Monday night, whenever we're talking.
0: Yeah, whenever so. we talk. So five and a half, that's fine.
1: That's fine. Yeah, you really wanted that then half point. Yeah. More- um, yeah, I take it. <laughs> I wanted my points last week. Wouldn't have mattered, but I wanted them.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it mattered in that Oklahoma game.
1: Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't bet that one.
0: Yeah, I just I don't know. I left that game thinking like, ah, that's the first team Notre Dame's played that's been
1: kind of good, and they didn't yeah. look very good
0: on offense.
1: And I have think Sam Hartman knows how to beat Duke. Maybe. We'll see. I, we'll see. They Wake Forest wasn't it. winning the ACC
0: when he was there. So this Duke team is good. This Duke team embarrassed Clemson. I watched Florida State struggle with Clemson. Yeah. This game's at Duke. If this game was at Notre Dame, I wouldn't have put this as my super dog. But it's at Duke. I yeah. think Duke's going to play well. I, it feels weird to say Wallace Wade Stadium is a fortress that has to be mm-hmm. defended. But um, – I think that's going to yeah, help Duke. I think they're, they don't have to go to Notre Dame. That's they don't have to go to that actual fortress. They get to I, defend the pillow fort. And I think I playing think in the pillow fort rather than the enemy's castle. Game castle games. Game day
1: comes, and it's such a big deal and all that. And then there's kind of a letdown by the time it's game time. And that's kind of what I'm banking on. And I think Notre Dame will be kind of out for blood, but so I that's, think that's every, every but here's
0: the calling. difference. I think everyone at game day is going to be like, Oh, Notre Dame, Sam Hartman, they're going to bounce. This is a bounce back game for Notre Dame and Sam Hartman. They're going to, smack Duke around, get back on the winning ways. They still got, they're still going to go to the playoff. This is a playoff team, blah, blah, blah. And Duke's going to knock them out of the playoff, just like they knocked Clemson out of the playoff.
1: There you go. That'd be something.
0: Duke's going to be the ACC representative is what I'm saying in the college football yeah. playoff.
1: Well, you're going to take a chunk out of my 15 and a half point lead. If that goes their way. And uh, your lock is Washington minus 18 over Arizona. You do not respect the wildcats from Arizona.
0: No, and, Michael Penix is good. Washington was up 14 points on Cal before Michael Penix ever stepped on the field.
1: And then I got my dog as Syracuse and Clemson. I already alluded to that at one point. I think it's going to be one of those crazy Carrier Dome games, and I know they don't call it the Carrier Dome. The Bob Vance Vance Refrigeration Carrier Dome. (laughs) I don't know what it's called anymore.
0: Forever the Carrier Dome for me.
1: Yeah, Heinz Field Carrier Dorms. We're not changing things uh Syracuse plus seven Clemson I think if Clemson wins it's gonna be tight I think it's gonna be the last minute field goal it's gonna be the last score I I think it's one score game max and um I could see Syracuse winning that game I could see them kicking Clemson while they're down so there we go I don't hate that pick I like it um all right so NFL I'll tell you what surprised me Seventy points on a scoreboard in an NFL game. You never see that. They were dominating. I got to the NFL games towards the witching hour and I couldn't believe the beatdown that they were putting on. Uh Miami was putting on uh Denver there. So wow. I I mean it just it, no one can say they saw seventy coming because they didn't.
0: It was seventy points and they called the dogs off. Yeah. They could have scored. Oh, more. They, they could, have, they the could have broken the like NFL record. Touchdown. The backups yeah. played in the fourth quarter and they did not go for the record when they could have at the end of the game.
1: Yeah. Two was over on the sideline cheering on those guys. Like it, whew.
0: it was ugly. That, that was the game where honestly, if you're the NFL, maybe you don't play football in Denver anymore. Like it was that <laughs> bad. It was that bad. It was, it was so bad. That I was like, yo, I don't
1: know. Ratchet.
0: <laughs> um, this was maybe the worst week in Colorado in a long time for sports like to see the Colorado Buffaloes who you were hoping at least maybe they don't beat Oregon, but hopefully they keep it close. It was that oh, was a blowout. Yeah. And then the Denver Broncos, you you wake up and you're like, all right, well, you know, we're only six and a half point dogs against Miami. And. Oh. Uh, the Rockies
1: I, do this weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They probably got swept, but it's It's bad. It's bad out there. That oh, was
1: the Cubs. The Cubs swept them this weekend. So there
0: you go. Colorado <laughs> State won, apparently. I think Colorado State won. So they, they yeah. had that. But this is your punishment for winning an NBA Finals, I guess. Um yeah, it is. Yeah. they they are that was rough. That was bad football. And look, it's it's two things, right? It's Sean Payton isn't gonna fix what's wrong in Denver. I think he's a better coach than Nathaniel Hackett, but he's not going to fix what's wrong in Denver. And Miami might be the best team in the league when ever, when to is in on the team and healthy, like they didn't have Jalen yeah. Waddle in that game. That's their second best offensive weapon. They did not
1: have him. Yeah.
0: And they still absolutely lit Denver up.
1: So what surprised you on Sunday?
0: Um, I, I know you have the Ravens on here. That one, didn't necessarily surprise me. I was worried about that Colts game just because of the sheer, it's not like, Oh, you know, we're missing so-and-so. Um, he's a really intricate part of the team. We were missing so-and-so and so-and-so and -and and -and so-and-so we were missing a third of our starters. So at that point I was like, that's a lot. That's a lot of next guys up. Um, and I, I was talking to, I didn't get to watch this game. Thank goodness. Um, I was talking to the producer at VCU, who's also a Ravens fan, and I was like, I just hope we go up early on the Colts because if they're around in the fourth quarter, I don't want to see Minshew Mania. And we were not. In fact, we were trailing early, and we had to come back. And then in overtime, the Colts end up winning the game. Honestly, with a third of our starters out, and we still go to overtime and in a professional football game. I'm okay with that. Hopefully, we get some people back and... Are a little bit better as the season goes on. The one that did surprise me was the Dallas Cowboys. How do you go from looking like the best team in the NFC, or at least the team that maybe will challenge the Niners, to losing to the Cardinals? That is unforgivable. I know Stefan Diggs, or not Stephon Diggs. Um, it's a tough His day brother. for it's a tough day for first names for me. Um, His brother. Diggs the cornerback. (laughs) Yeah, Morgan Marcus. Um, I don't know. Um the Diggs that plays in Dallas and is the cornerback. I know his injury
1: does make an impact,
0: but that's not what that was. That was I don't know. That maybe that was Dallas just being like, you know what? We're beating the crap out of these bad teams. This is another bad team. We don't have to worry about it this week. And it caught up because that
1: was yikes. Yeah. That was something. It was really something. I, I I used that game in a parlay just to kind of pad it a little bit with a couple extra dollars using a fifty percent bonus. Wah. Yep, it didn't work out. But I rebet my Steelers later after that that outcome was coming, and because I that was the main piece of my thing because the Steelers were dogs out in Oakland, and the Steelers won, and that's what I saw coming is. I finally Pumped saw the, the Steelers play the type of football that I thought they would play when I was thinking about them in August. The first couple of weeks of the season, didn't see it. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? This is the way they're going to win games. Just it is not, they're not going to blow people up. They ain't scoring 70. My goodness, they're not going to score 70. But that's the kind of way they're going to win games. That's what I saw coming this year. And I and I think they're going to finish on the better side of those kind of games. Just have to avoid these other games that we've had where we have no offense. Have to avoid that. Um, so I will count that as what I saw coming, uh, because I've been expecting it for a couple of weeks, and I finally got to see it. I
0: was gonna say your offense, and it won't be money. Your offense isn't gonna score seventy points until like week ten. So,
1: oh no, yeah, oh no, but I mean, a lot of a lot of teams aren't scoring seventy points. <laughs> no, I'm saying is, is like ten good.
0: weeks into the season, you won't score seventy points.
1: That's fine. Um, I hope to be. How many weeks you say? Ten weeks in the season. I hope to be. I'm saying, the
0: offense. Time. I'm not counting defensive <laughs> touchdowns in that. Your defense absolutely could score touchdowns. Your defense might outscore your offense in a lot of games this year. Um, I'll, I'll that's love the it. only I'll thing do I'd do say. It. Pump the brakes on is you were playing the Raiders, who I think are not a very good football team. And oh, and
1: we, and we concussed the quarterback. Yeah, that helped. Did you concuss
0: the coach too? Because his decision making in the fourth <laughs> quarter was interesting. On a fourth down from the four-yard line in an eight-point game late in the game, thought a field goal, kicking it it away, and getting the ball back was his – and then drive down the entire length of the field with no timeouts was the better option. That was the part where I was like, yo, what are you thinking? Now, as a person who had the under, I loved it because it pushed it right to the brink.
1: I think he was trying to cover, right? I mean, that's what he needed to do. He needed to get those points and –
0: No, he was the favorite. uh, The
1: touchdown. Yeah, but he wanted to cover the being favored.
0: He could have done that in overtime. It was only a a two-and-a-half point spread, I think.
1: Um, I thought he was trying to get those points there and then score the touchdown late, too.
0: No, I could have done that in overtime. Um,
1: What you see coming, Joe?
0: What I saw coming was just um, the Chiefs bounce back because that was one, like, after week one, And even after week two, people were like, oh, the Chiefs offense, you know, it's not any good. They're not good. And now, kind of like your Steelers, they were playing the Bears, who I think maybe are the worst team in the league again. Um, But they went out and they dominated. And I also saw this Taylor Swift story coming um, because she finally makes it to the game. She's there supporting Travis Kelsey. Um, And the way she celebrated that touchdown, I texted my cousin, who is a huge Taylor Swift fan, and um, I I opened the conversation today with, uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are so dating. And she put, uh, definitely, and I was like, that was not a touchdown celebration for my quote-unquote friend. Uh, (laughs) So I was like, you don't get that happy if you're ren scores a touchdown. Um, so now the question is, is this the one? I don't think so, but maybe. Love is tested again, Leland. Will love survive or is love dead? We'll find I, out. I think
1: I'd have more to say on a soccer conversation than what I do right now. So I'd Yeah, do, do be careful because we man. don't
0: want Taylor Swift fans in our mentions going nuts so i believe
1: it's just i know you've done uh you know the taylor swift
0: references on that friday night was amazing and you yeah, and jim I know did that, not get it
1: yeah, i after two i knew i knew i think i knew where you were at i think it was early you, you, had, you knew yeah, something we was up morning. because
0: you wrote cardigans question mark
1: i was like your first one and i was like <laughs> really? yeah all right Um, moving on. I'm looking forward to this Miami Buffalo game. One o'clock CBS, Monday, uh, Buffalo won 37 to three over Washington last week. Obviously Miami put up 70, 107 points between them last week. I'm interested in what they're going to do this week. It'll probably be 14 to 13, I guess. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I guess for me, I'm excited about the game. I think it'd be fun. Sure. And Look the, at the slate
1: and tell me what you're more excited about. I think that's might be the other side of it.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I was getting ready to touch on. I think for me, th- what this year has enforced more than anything is I just like college football more. Because I, I, last week's wait. slate was amazing, and so it's easier to get more excited about that than this week's slate. But even when college football doesn't have, like, three games in each window I'm interested in watching – I just don't look at the NFL slate week in week out and go, yeah, I can't
1: wait for that one. Um, yeah, this I think we have, this is the example. This college football week, I, I put my schedule together like I always do on Mondays, and like it isn't. I'm not getting a fourth TV out this weekend because it's not. There's not that much meat. But I guess the Thursday
0: NFL's night game, night. the Lions-Packers. That's if I was think? gonna pick a different yeah. one, just because I think I think this is a game where the Lions who want to. Be the team that ascends now that Aaron Rodgers isn't there. They kind going to Lambeau and finding a win would oh. be a big step toward that. If they don't, then the Packers are three and one, and all of a sudden the Packers look like the best team in the NFC North.
1: You, you are wrong in what you just said. They play this next week. Nope, nope. Your answer is actually the nine thirty a.m. game on Sunday from London, and you are going to tune into Disney Plus and watch the Toy Story version oh. of the Falcons and Jaguars.
0: I, I won't, um, I will actually be on my way to Richmond at that time, probably. So I promise you, I won't, um, but I will say this, it's a regular season game. I don't care. Do the toy story thing. Now don't do it during the super bowl.
1: Sure. Cause this gets in the way as much of as the super bowl one does, but fine. Sure. No, it gets All right. way. Um, I think it's time for the D block.
0: All right, Leland. Uh, what is dominating your life?
1: I'm going to say baseball. Uh, I have oh. made an effort to pay a little bit better attention to it here. Um, this, You know, football comes in and just kind of dominates uh, my time for paying attention to sports. So I really did try to focus. When we talked last week, you said like three things <laughs> that I didn't really know uh, about the current standings and stuff like that. So I was getting back into it. These wild car races out West are really interesting. Um, and the AL there with Houston and Seattle, which it has been um, and Texas. Um, I'm rooting for Seattle just because of what I, I liked the Mariners in the nineties with Griffey um, it, in Houston's right there. I would really love Houston not to be in it. So that's kind of the extra motivating factor right there in the West. I'm never big on Arizona and uh, the Miami Marlins are a team I've had a history with a fandom. So I was rooting for them. They have injuries at the wrong time. So I was paying attention to those things um, coming in. I used we're talking about the Baltimore Orioles. They went six and four this last week. So they've done kind of done what they need to do to just kind of hold the hold steady here and maybe get that top spot in the AL. Um, so I'm rooting for that. I'm, I'm on your bandwagon. I'm, and I acknowledge it's a bandwagon. It's a temporary thing. I'm joining in spirit they're not my team um and we can talk more about the orioles and stuff but i i'm i'm joining the bandwagons. they won me a bet this year so i'm rooting for them throughout um but all this was also paired with my fantasy baseball championship that i won and i I have a venue to talk about it and so i'm gonna i won my fantasy baseball and i want to brag and i've done it and now it's over so on to next year
0: that's good for you um but (laughs) Yeah, the Orioles' magic number is down to three coming into Monday. Um, yesterday was a big day because it was the Orioles' win and the Rays' loss. So, I was
1: clicking over to some baseball yesterday. That's that's how much I have was committed to focusing on some baseball.
0: Yeah, the Blue Jays really helped us out, which is awesome. Um, and hopefully they'll help us out again here in a little bit because they have another series with the Rays. Uh, You're hope- rooting
1: for Boston this week, man.
0: Hopefully it won't come to that. Um, I am not rooting for Boston. Why not? Because we play Boston. We close with four games against Boston.
1: Boston's playing Tampa Bay right now. That's why I was saying that.
0: Oh, have, have it yeah. I'll root for Boston tonight, but not. I hope. Early
1: week, you're rooting for Boston. Late in the week, you're not. That's
0: yeah. Fine. Um. We we have the Nats tonight, and uh. Well, hold on. Maybe that's tonight. Maybe it's not. I gotta look. Um. No, it's, it's not tomorrow. tonight. It's tomorrow. We have the day off, which is much needed. Um, yeah, so it's the Nats tomorrow and Wednesday. And then it is the Red Sox to close us out. And got to be, be ready by
1: then. You could be in where you need to be. We time. could
0: be in where we need to be. Because if yeah. if uh, if the Rays lose tonight, then the magic number goes down to two. Yeah. If, if we, then all we have to do is sweep the Nats in two games and we're in. Um, yeah. but even if we don't, the math gets really hard for us to not win the division as long as we don't get swept in a four game series by the last place, Boston Red Sox. Um, but yeah, I think the Marlins, the Marlins schedule is soft to close the year. I think like the pirates are part of that. So you need your old, I think they have old team to beat your Mets new and team and
1: the Mets and pirates. I think. Yeah.
0: Mets and pirates. So the Cubs have to play the Brewers that mm-hmm. might help the, the Marlins get in because they just need to hop the Cubs or the diamondbacks. The Cubs are the team that they are more likely to hop. Um,
1: yeah. I'm just rooting for an Arizona fall apart, but I've been saying that for a week. And so it's not looking great now.
0: Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's the interesting aspect of all of this is I think when you're looking at where this team is and where kind of everything is falling into place right now in terms of the Orioles and chip asked on, I don't think it was on the radio, but chip asked Friday night up in the press box when we were talking about it with uh, Craig Fleischer uh, at Wilson um, that, cause he's an Orioles fan shout out. Um, but where do I think the Orioles are? How far do I think the Orioles are going to go? And I said, if we win the division, I think we win the American league. There's not a team in the American league that I think we can't beat if we're well-rested and able to set everything up like we want. If we were a wild card, which at the time was scary. I mean, we were, we went in like a game up, uh, after that Friday night, um, We were only a game up on the Rays, and it was really tight. And then Saturday and Sunday helped us out with wins Saturday and Sunday, and then a Rays loss on Sunday. Um, But it was – if we're the wild card and we have to play immediately after the season ends, then I get worried. And so I think the day off here helps us reset a little bit with the bullpen. John Means going seven and a third was absolutely crucial. Uh, in his last start, cause it gave the bullpen a nice break that day. And then Sunday, uh, yesterday, uh, we just kind of came out, took care of business, uh, and, and you know, it, it's what we needed. We needed to come yeah. out and, and play well in that ball game. I'm glad we did. It's a five, one win. Um, and it was a game where honestly, like at the end of it, I was just like, yeah, this is, this is what we should have done to Cleveland the whole time but we were tired and Gibson came in, gave us seven strong innings. So it was another game where the bullpen gets to have a little bit of a break. It was a non-save situation and we effectively, you know, really push ourselves into an advantageous position for the division, which I think, I think we will win. Um, again, I, I would love to see the Rays lose tonight. I don't know if that happens. Um, but I, it would be great if it did.
1: I just wonder where these people are. Cause like we grew up when the wild card didn't exist and then became a part of baseball. Like we were alive during this period. And so people for years complained about the wild card, just nonstop. And it's just like, where would we be without the wild card right now? The national league, the closest race is six games. So the national league would be absolutely signed up, sewn up. And, and the American league, you got, Two and a half there, nine and a half in the central, and a bad central. My goodness, a bad central. Yeah, and then two and a half in the east, what we've been talking about, which is would be tight. It's just man, baseball is so much better with this wild card and expanding it. Even one even helped, so it's it's all good. I I I hope to never be that off base, like with not wanting things to change. Like I feel like I have my moments <laughs> where I'm not, where I'm like I like what it was, and I don't want it to change with so much. But, like, I hope to never be as off-base as, like, hating the wild card. Because I I don't think I have been. But, I,
0: Yeah, no. uh, Watching the Yankees get eliminated from playoff contention this weekend was fun, too.
1: Uh, Um, mm, Love it.
0: And, of course, like I said, now that the Yankees and Red Sox were last place in the AL East, and and that puts them in the upper half of the wild card race. But still, I, I
1: just don't get that argument that they're making there. Well, the, you know, the AL East is just so tough and so hard. Well, the, you know, all these five teams. Have this is the oh, this is you're closer. But you're also yeah, 18 games back in New York. Yankees. You're, you're also 21 games back, Boston. Like you're not in the middle of it and you're not playing that division any more than anybody else is with the new. Well, no, that's not true.
0: Playing, that's not true. They you still have more division games than. Non- it's not as much
1: as it used to be. How's that? How's that, How's that my argument? Yeah. But like, it's no, not- that's,
0: the, that's the point. I'm like, we've it's had to play you guys like 26 times. Games. Yeah, we used to have to play you guys 26 times in a year, and now it's 18 a year, and now you're yeah. at the bottom of the division, and now and you're complaining.
1: Shut up. Yeah. They're like, well, oh, we should
0: have a balanced schedule where we play everybody the same. And I'm like, we should have. Yes, we should have.
1: Yeah, it would be great. I bet Baltimore win by more than that. Yeah. That's awesome
0: that that's that is part of yeah part of he's like good then we win 120 games like <laughs> and Aaron Boone would get fired still um but yeah it's uh, I I do roll my eyes at that whole argument of like
1: yeah uh, now and now that the Yankees guys, and Red
0: Sox are at the bottom do we even need divisions and I was like
1: oh yes
0: screw off um
1: we're in the hardest one and it means something when when you win it Baltimore so
0: it does and um you know I, I just don't want John Angelo's to be invited to the parade. He will be, but I wish he wasn't. Um, since you stole mine with baseball, that wasn't my, what's dominating.
1: No, we didn't. No,
0: we didn't. Um,
1: please not soccer.
0: Oh, how'd you know? Uh, what's dominating my life is the English premier league.
1: Liverpool. Liverpool's been
0: playing really, really well. 16 points so far through six matches. That's second place in the table behind Manchester city, who may not lose a match. um, so we're playing for second place, but that's a Champions League spot. It's a vast improvement on last year. The really surprising part has been what Chelsea's done. Chelsea spent like a billion dollars over the last two or so transfer windows, and they're near the bottom of the league. They're playing awful, um, which I find somewhat amusing. But um, yeah, they're really struggling. So,
1: who won the Richmond uh, Derby the other day?
0: Ah, uh, the Richmond Derby. Yeah, it's spelled Derby, pronounced Darby. Uh, that was VCU. They won, they won
1: 1-0. Hey, that's good. Good for them. That's one of your favorite mascots, that Ram. So that's
0: yeah, great. it is. I got to see him. He was there. Um, <laughs> oh, Lord. That's hey. just me being a homer. Um, <laughs> what do you so know that I, I know, need to know? Yeah,
1: I know that the ACC college basketball schedules are coming out, men's and women's. And I'm always excited for a good schedule premiere. I know you generally aren't, but I am. It's how I'm built. I, my life, I referenced my calendar year around the sports calendar. And there's certain weekends, there's certain times when these schedules comes out for the different sports. I go look for specific games and specific uh, days, what games will be on at those times. And so I'm just eager for this basketball one. I always am excited for hooky basketball I love that. I'm so excited for Hokie women's basketball. I I, I can be honest. I, I always support women's basketball and Hokies women's basketball. I support it and I care when it's in front of me, but I'm anticipating this year more than ever. And yes, it's because of how great we did last year, but it's been increasing. And and when they hired Kenny, I had an increased uh, amount of care there. And so it continues up and I'm excited. I know we get the game against Iowa. We already know about that, but I want to see when some of these other games and, and, you know, the North Carolina games and and other ACC games when, when those are going to be, and they're going to be in some good spots. And uh, I know they have a lot of Sunday afternoon games for ACC women's basketball. I'm, I'm figuring that we'll be in some of those marquee matchups. And so I'm excited about that. And I'm, I can't wait to see that schedule and how it plays out. Uh,
0: When is the LSU game? I saw that was announced.
1: It's it's early too. I think it's in December. Uh, uh, it's both of them. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. And that's what I like about college. Basketball 30th. In general. Yeah. Like especially women's basketball. I mean, South Carolina and UConn are just play, you know, they just make these games happen and no one's scared to do it because it's, it's good for the sport. You match up those good teams. One of you is going to lose, but then it sets up more excitement for later and, and, uh, it's good marquee matchups. And so the Hokies playing Iowa and LSU, the two stories from last year, um, and teams that, you know, that they were right, or they lost to LSU in the Final Four. Yeah. Like that's just awesome that they're going to play each other. So it's awesome. I, I think we already know those games. I'm interested to see the ACC games as well and how it all comes together. And it be fun. It'd be good.
0: Yeah, the A10 uh, just recently released their schedules, so I I know when games will be now, which is good. Um,
1: That's good for you. You have a much more needed reason for a schedule, release. right? That's now. the one
0: schedule release I do look forward to. Is every time VCU has a schedule Maybe release, going to Richmond? Yeah, I'm invested in that schedule release. Um, <laughs> the other thing I I know that you need to know is I I guess this is like a future problem a little bit because it's it's only going to get worse. I hate what we are getting into with meteorite stuff. Like just. I already see it coming and I already hate it. Just, I want, I want the package that says, all right, you're a sports fan. You're a sports fan. For $50 a month, you get sports. Yeah, if it's a sport, you got it. $50 a month. Hell, I'll pay $60 a month. This is sports, $60 a month. And it, Instead, what we're doing is, and it's, like I said, it's only going to get worse. Because it's not, oh, well, you need Apple Plus. It's, you need Apple Plus and you need that add-on on on Apple Plus. And you need, or, like, uh, the H, well, it's Max now. It's not HBO. It's Max. um, Announced that they're going to, now, this is the part that was confusing to me. um, But I guess it's for people that don't have, like, any TV provider. Um, you can get the sports add-on to HBO and you can watch whatever's on like a Turner broadcast. Um, You
1: can get those live sports. So. I mean, this is the same. I mean, this problem that you're saying isn't new. I mean, this is what people said in the nineties when they got their satellite dishes. Oh, well I have this package, but now I need this package. And, I mean, this is an old problem. It's just finding a new venue. And and the reason we keep having this problem is that the value of live sports is different than pretty much everything else. And it's only getting exaggerated because it used to be, okay, Thursday night, NBC comedies, we can sell that space there. Well, now everybody's so used to streaming, so used to getting it when they want watching it when it's convenient for them, not tuning in live with the, without the ability to pass through the, forward through commercials that 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 space is invaluable anymore and so that's why they'll continue to break it up and continue to make you pay more and it's i mean the what you want is never going to happen and it never has happened and it's only getting exaggerated more and i hate it i, I, I agree with you and I'm if they ever 100%. did make that bundle he's saying deal with it isn't yeah saying i like it i hate it too because i'm with you i want at my fingertips, every sport. I'm still not used to the app using for watching live sports because switching between apps is I don't care what they tell you. It's not as easy as flipping the channel and pressing previous. It is, that's true. And so I, I, that's where I feel like I need to get better or they need to have a better solution for live sports. Uh, acknowledge what Saturday is, and there's ESPN Plus with all these games on and Peacock and whatever else online is available and make it seamless to change between them because there's value in that and I think there's got to be someone like a company that can make money off that because I'd pay a little bit more if it well that's a TV thing right seamless.
0: that's who would solve that problem for you it would be a TV
1: yeah direct TV just like take no 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 a lot of these apps
0: no 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 I'm not saying that I'm talking about like the actual TV company that's oh, like who would solve Samsung. your problem yeah 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 it's Samsung apps, Sony more like
1: channels where you can like you can yep. assign certain live programming on these different apps to different spots and you can just flip between them yeah that's a great idea Let's. let's we're, not, sign like, let's we're not signing you out just be like we're not
0: signing you out you're switching the app that you're, you're watching for
1: the day on this tv yep. let's go <laughs> yeah
0: something like that um yeah because it's just yeah i i do agree with you there like and oh, I it managed to Amazon find the JMU game, which apparently the Mountain West Network is apparently on Amazon.
1: It um, was. It actually that was. The, I was really worried about that, and I go, "Okay, well, Saturday will come. There'll be other Mountain West games on at you know at two in the afternoon when everything else is boring because Tech would get in their butts beat. We can figure out what it, it's like, and then it's like, oh no, that's the only game on Mountain West. And so I got real nervous about it. Luckily, Stephanie looked at the JMU Nation page, and people were saying how easy it was going to be, and it really was that easy. But that uh, yeah, was worrisome. Yeah.
0: It was. It was. I was a little worried about it. And then when it was 24 nothing, I didn't even turn on Amazon Prime because I was like, I don't need to worry about it. And then when the game got close, I put it on and watched the yeah. end. It was like, okay. Um, I
1: I have issue in this area. And this, I, I'm not coming at you. Um, but ESPN Plus does this as well. And that's Mountain West app was doing it. They have these these announcers that are so homer. And if I'm watching the JMU sports.com like it used to be, and it's JMU announcers, I can handle Homerism. But when you're watching something that's Mountain West, okay, let's hear some Homer, but not as deep as what we were getting from that game. And if I'm watching ESPN plus, I want, I want it without Homerism personally. And I don't think we always get that when we watch other games, I know you're on ESPN plus, I'm not talking about you. But when I watch ACC games in, Uh, On ESPN Plus, you know, Virginia Tech even is producing these soccer games and it's it's very Homer like I don't I think we need to be better about that. I think they need to understand that, like when you're carrying that ESPN national name, it should be better. And if you're carrying Mountain West, it shouldn't be as Homer as it was, because I mean, those guys were deep rooted Utah State people. And it it was tough, really tough. I watched it on mute, so I can't comment on that. Um I turned the JMU radio on because if, if I'm going to get a homer broadcast, I want the right homer broadcast. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um so I, I can't speak to that. I did see that there was a lot on social media about that. Yeah. Um but we had
1: only moments of it, so we were better.
0: Uh but yeah, no, my takeaway from that game was just how lucky JMU was to win that game uh, at the end. But
1: uh I did appreciate the the like apology to flow sports, <laughs> like from JMU fans, because that broadcast was rough outside of the Homer uh announcers, it, it looked different. That was the first thing was, I noticed. I was like, was This rough. looks we, different at one point. I was like, Is this an NFHS camera? Like, <laughs> no, me, it, it, was just, it was bad.
0: And part of me was, was, was like, bad. This is a very like, this looks like Utah, yeah. Like,
1: and they do like punt returns from like the sideline, the guy standing behind the chain crew camera. Yeah, it's just, it was world. different. Show so the overhead view. What are we doing?
0: It was different. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like so, and to go back to the previous point about like it's it's fragmenting and fragmenting and what are we going to do oh, yeah, and yeah. like the regional sport networks are dying, so I think that's going to lead to the streamers getting more involved. Um, and
1: yeah, but the streamer might buy the entire. But that's league. well, that's what would it's happen, thing. right? Thing. Like I, 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 I don't, don't necessarily it, hate that. that. that's not bad.
0: I don't necessarily hate that. Um,
1: yeah.
0: It's just a price point thing. And yeah. I would imagine that price point gets sorted out probably by year two or year three. Because I think that's I think that's something that might be overestimated by some streaming services. Because I I listen to, um, and I know you don't listen to a lot of Levitard stuff, but there is a, they do like a weekly or you know, every other week conversation with, David Sampson, who used to be the GM for the okay. Marlins and John Skipper, who used to be the head of ESPN. Now both work at metal arc media and they get together for, a you know, every other week conversation. And this past one that they had, that was on Friday and I I'll send it to you. Cause I think you would enjoy it.
1: I want those conversations every time. Yeah. Alex they, they that. talk
0: about that. And yeah. David Sampson was saying, um, what max is doing and what, um, what some of these other streamers, when they buy this, these rights and then offer a separate package for it that you have to buy to get that. He said, the only downside of that for these leagues is one of the big coups for leagues had always been in their media rights deals. Well, we're going to make these networks pay and, and these cable companies pay have to pay because even if they don't watch the sports, they have to get the network that has it. And so, right. like, yeah. For, yeah. for ES, when they said that the, the leagues don't want cable to die. Because if cable dies, then only no, people who actually yeah. watch sports will be watching sports. And then that money will go down because right. they'll be like, wait a minute.
1: It's a balloon. It is how many people
0: are actually watching this? And are those numbers yeah. inflated? And It is. Because right now ESPN's in x number of households that have cable it's most households that have cable have espn or if you I'm have youtube tv Maryland. you're <laughs> in that household right if you have youtube tv you're I, in that household
1: Airbnb in Maryland.
0: right but if <laughs> but if it was just like who are who has espn plus that number is really oh. small and comparison, so
1: comparison, yeah.
0: comparison it's really small and so then all of a sudden the leagues will look at that and go oh, wait a minute why are we paying you that much money to yeah to do our games um and so or i guess it's the other way around the networks will the network's number will go down because they're like look we don't have that many people we can't afford that um and so the that will hurt but the other thing that was interesting and this ties into the writer's strike a little bit that i know is a tentative agreement has been made and so it looks like maybe that will end hopefully it's a good thing but part of part of why i always thought that would end sooner rather than later even though some people were like oh this is never going to end you know it's they're in it for the long haul the studios and they're they're talking about you know using ai and stuff already and he's got
1: to run the ai
0: but <laughs> but the reason i was i was wondering about that is eventually that would have gotten to a point where it goes to court and if it goes to court it's a double-edged sword, and this is something else David Sampson talked about in a previous one. He goes, this is a double-edged sword for the writers. Because, one, you get to see how much money the studios are actually making. But, two, if if they... Because part of it was the writers want to see the internal data. They want to see how many people are watching our show. And we want a cut for every X number of people that watch the show, just like any other residual check works. Um, and So, because the residuals on Netflix are based on watches or whatever. And so they're like, okay, well, you're telling us this, but we don't get to see that number. We're just assuming you're being honest, and that doesn't seem like it's fair. So they want to see the data. But as David Sampson said, streamers are the only ones not regulated by the FCC on that stuff. Yeah. In terms of network television and cable channels, that's all regulated. They have to show numbers saying, yes, this is how we got this number. The streamers do not. All, all you see on Netflix is this is the number one show this week. This is our number two show this week. And honestly, Netflix could say whatever show they want is the number one and number two show. Whether it actually is or not, who knows? We don't ever see that number. Amazon's the same way, Apple Plus, Hulu. Name your streaming service. It's the same way. They don't have to show that. And so he goes, and he was saying, if if you start to see those numbers, that's when we get to see uh, how many people are actually watching this. Yeah. And that hurts the streamers, too, but it also hurts the writers. Because then the streamers will be like, because what happens then is it's a, it's a house of cars that comes crashing down. It's fake. Right. It's all fake.
1: That's what happens from the balloon pop.
0: Right. It's all speculative. It's like the stock market. Once you figure out, oh, wait a minute, those numbers are fake. That number, that company's stock goes crashing. Or that number's not as good as we thought it was going to be, and it comes crashing. If what what we think Netflix is getting in terms of viewers, and what we think Netflix is getting in terms of subscribers, if we find out that that's not true, that number comes crashing down, which part of me is like, good because i'm tired of getting screwed <laughs> and i think i think what some of these network what some of these streaming services might have to do to actually get the numbers they're saying they're getting i know the first thing they're going to try to do is password sharing cutting that out and that will get some but that will also lose some because then people will be like well yeah. i'm not paying that and so then you'll oh, lose yeah. people and a lot of that password sharing sometimes is there are people that say i'll pay part of this if you give me the password and so, if that stops, yeah. then people are going to be like, all right, well, I don't need it. And yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm already looking at Disney is talking about raising Disney Plus like double. And I was like, do that. And I will get Disney Plus one month out of the year. I will just
1: hire a nanny then. Jeez.
0: Yeah. I will. The month of December. <laughs> yeah. The month of December will be Disney Plus month. And I just watch.
1: You're going to raise my nanny's price double? Then I'm just going to get a real life nanny. That's. Fine. Yeah.
0: Like, that's. <laughs> Because, and honestly, like, we talk about this, and I I haven't done it in a while, but there was that period where I was, like, trying to justify my Disney Plus subscription as is by watching an animated Disney movie, rewatching it, and, like, what I liked, what I didn't like, was it as good as I remember, favorite songs, that stuff. I haven't done that in a while, um, because life, but, yeah, like, I watch it for The Mandalorian and some other Star Wars stuff. Yeah. And if I'm paying double what I'm paying now, I'll just watch it in December. I'll watch all that stuff in December and I'll watch them up at Christmas Carol and then I'm out yeah. for the other 11 months of the year. And are you really getting the money then? And yeah. so again, and part of this also, Leland, will be some of these networks that absolutely, we've already seen it some, but some of the, there, there shouldn't be this many streaming providers.
1: There's not enough- no. Everybody has their own right now. All these different yeah, companies. Yeah, every of company has their own across thing across the companies. But like, yeah, you have all these because because Paramount is has their umbrella of like CBS and MTV kind of stuff, and, and then Hulu like, is Fox, Turner, Associated. So, so like, they gotta all have their own. At some point, someone's going to collect them all together, and we're going to have cable television again. Like, <laughs> at some point, someone's going to scoop them together, but and we're going to have. Cable but again.
0: the benefit of that would be if it's streaming. If it's a streaming service, maybe there's two providers or three, and they're all offering the same thing. It's not an exclusive thing, and you can pick, and then they actually have to be competitively priced. That would be yeah. the benefit of what it is now.
1: Um, In fact, uh, I had a very media, lengthy conversation I'm with someone from the Comcast this morning. Whenever we talk about media <laughs> stuff, I always reference what I listen to. I listen to Richard Deitch, I yeah. listen to Oleron, and. Uh, uh, uh Matchard and Oleron and I listen to Jimmy Trainer. Those are like my main guys. I listen to anything that James Andrew Miller talks about, I'm there because he's done the background on ESPN and HBO. And uh so like those are my main guys. But say, I mean, you send me Levitard stuff and most of the time I listen to it, I believe. Uh when those guys are on, I'll listen to it every time. Cause like that stuff interests me. I just like to know the business of like how sports is being fed to us. So send me that all the time.
0: And, and again, John Skipper at the end of it says, you know, we're we're getting to the day where the ncaa tournament is pay-per-view or the super bowl is pay-per-view and i hate that but i also don't think he's necessarily wrong um i think eventually greed will win out and they will do whatever they think they can get more money on um it's um it sucks in that sense because the consumer is who loses there but again i think like if 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 the streamers start to get regulated and they have to share the same data that networks do on TV, on cable and network TV. I I am all for that. That is the information that I think absolutely should be true because again, I, I think that's how the consumer wins in that, because I think then the streaming services will have to be like, Oh, you know, damn it. We're actually gonna have to be competitively priced to get closer to these numbers that got our stock yeah. up here. Right. And I am all for Disney Plus not doubling their subscription price. I'm all for hey, yep. Hulu and, and Amazon Prime and Max and Netflix to be like, I mean, my Netflix has gone up every year, it feels like. And I'm when I'm watching the shows, I'm like, what exactly are you providing me with this increased price? Because, yes, you're making shows, but I can't speak that the quali- the overall quality has improved. I'm watching more old shows than anything. I'm not watching new shows. The new shows, for the most part, I haven't enjoyed all that much. In fact, and, and this is the other problem. I'll share this with well, you because you're an office fan.
1: Stars at it. They just try to get stars interjected with it, and right. And that's what'll break. They think, but I don't watch morning show. I mean,
0: yeah. And and this is this is where, and I'll try to wrap this up here because I know I'm going long here at the end. But they're talking about an office reboot now.
1: Oh and yeah, and
0: I'm like, that. I don't want that. Don't. Here's, here's a thing. Here's an idea. Do something different. Do something original and make it good. Like, don't give me the Office reboot. Don't give me Squid Game the game show. Give me, give me season two of Squid Game. Although I don't know if I need season two of the Squid Game. I thought season one ended pretty good. Um, but I, come up with a new story. Do something bold. Yeah. Because I got news for him. Yes, maybe you you get the cash cow, right? Like the Marvel movies are cash cows. The Star Wars stuff is cash cow. And and all that's true. But you know what would really blow the mind of everyone and and really becomes the talk of the town and, and takes over the American culture is when it's a new original idea that takes off. That's when everyone's like, oh, I have to see that because there's nothing like it.
1: Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I think we have a lot more in that area we can talk about in the future. Uh, We'll come back to it, I'm sure. But let's get out of here tonight. Thanks for listening to the Exports Podcast. Make sure you're telling your friends what we're talking about here, particularly the coverage of the local sports, the sports that matter to you, the Augusta County sports fan. be back next week to talk about all those big matchups we have this week that include uh, Fort and Waynesboro and Wilson and Stanton and Riverheads and Christiansburg. um, And Gap plays somebody, right? (laughs) they play draft so there you go Mm -hmm. so we'll have all coverage of all those we'll talk more volleyball i'm going to a volleyball game this week so we'll hear about that um and make sure you're interacting with us at yak sports pod is how you find us on social media yak sports pod at gmail.com is the way you email us and uh we'll be back next week with more yak sports you've been listening to yak sports your augusta county sports podcast